bless you. Kalos Church, let's grab our seats. Amen, amen. Well, we have a couple of announcements to make today, and I'm really excited. I'm going to build some of these big announcements into my sermon today, and it's pretty crazy. Got a lot of crazy things to share, and uh, I am really pumped about something in particular because we, uh, we are a week live now on our Easter registration as far as our website is going and our Facebook ads, and right now... <laughs> We have over 600 people signed up to come to our Easter service, and uh, about 300 children signed up. And so we are, we are low-key freaking out. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited about that because I, I believe the harvest is ripe, and God is doing great things right here at Kalos Church. Amen. And uh, so Easter is coming in about two weeks, and so we are having a course correct with some of our, our arrangements and our adjustments for that. And I, I will share a little more details on what that means, but to God be the glory. I'm believing for a great increase of people's lives who are being touched, people who are hearing the gospel, people who are experiencing the healing, people who are looking for a fresh start, a new beginning, people who have walked away from the church and are taking a chance on the church again. I'm believing that Kalos Church is a safe place for people to explore what is so beautiful about Jesus. Amen. And we get to be a part of that. And it's such an honor and a privilege. I love it. I love it. And God is is building his church. The kingdom is advancing, and we are helping people in so many ways, and I'm so excited, whether it's financially blessing a women's shelter right here in Bellevue, giving to an organization, Jubilee Reach, that helps empower our, our schools and our teachers to educate the next generation as far as our future businessmen and doctors and, and uh, just amazing people. I love it. I'm excited about it. And today, I want to talk about uh, a very special scripture about how Jesus is building his church. And uh, to set up the context for Matthew 11, what I'm about to read, there's a, a man named John the Baptist who's called to prepare the way for Jesus's ministry on earth. And G John the Baptist, he was a pretty wild guy. He was called a voice crying out in the wilderness. Uh, some people say he might have had dreadlocks. He was eating like locusts and honey in the wilderness. He was just a wild guy. And he was seeing a movement where he was calling out people on systems of injustice. He's saying, if you have two coats, give your other coat to someone who doesn't. He was calling people to a life of repentance, saying, hey, turn from living your life on your own terms and start living a godly lifestyle, a way that can bring life and life abundantly. And we can be delivered from a system of death. We can make room for people who feel like there's no room at the table for them. And John the Baptist had this amazing ministry, but then he's put in jail and he's about to be beheaded and he gets really depressed and he starts to ask like hey Jesus am I really doing the right thing were you the one we've been waiting for all along like what is going on like I had this ministry but now I'm in jail I feel like there's a setback things aren't going according to my plan what's happening and then in Matthew 11 in this time of despair in this time of not knowing what's going on Jesus told them go back to John and tell him what you have heard and see the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. 
as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, all of you who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets and the law of Moses look forward to this present time. And so Jesus here is, he's bragging about John the Baptist. He's saying, hey, hey, born of human, no one greater, but let me encourage you, the least person in the kingdom of God. Anybody here in the kingdom of God? Anybody here saying, hey, I've surrendered. I, I don't want to live on my own terms, but I surrender to the king of kings, the Lord of lords. I'm following Jesus. Anybody with me? And he says, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than the greatest from this other kingdom born of just human because we believe we're not just born of flesh, but we're born from above by the spirit. And uh, I'm just pumped about this. And So John the Baptist is discouraged, but then Jesus says, hey, look, you've been preparing the way for me. You've been preparing the way. You've been preparing hearts to receive the message of Jesus, the message of beauty, the message of hope, the message that says, hey, little children come to me. Hey, love your neighbor as yourself. This message, people are ready for it because of you. And let me tell you that the lame, they're healed. The blind, they're healed. The dead, they're being raised to life. Like, it's happening. John the Baptist, don't be too discouraged. You have prepared the way. And Jesus is like, I'm walking in that way you prepared. And I'm so excited about it. And I, I want to communicate today that I believe that this ministry of preparing the way of Jesus is still happening. John did it in his time, but we as the church, as followers of Jesus, are called to prepare the way of Jesus in our city, in our families, in our work, in our state. And so the title of my message is, Will You Prepare the Way for Jesus Today? Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so much for your scripture, your word, your ministry, what you're doing in our communities, what you're doing in our region. Lord, I'm thankful for all the new beginnings that have even taken place right here. For people who are finding hope, finding healing, finding a future. And we know that your ministry is not done, but the best is yet to come. So have your way through us, we pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let us not just be hearers of your word, but doers, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Will you prepare the way for Jesus today? John the Baptist had a ministry in his time, but I believe we have a ministry in our time. And uh, I think the art of preparation and preparing the way is an underrated art. You know, John the Baptist, he got things ready for Jesus. And I have a pet peeve where when someone invites me to their house and they're not prepared, sometimes it bothers me. Have you ever been invited to something or someone's house and they were totally unprepared for you and they made you wait like crazy? A number of years ago, Amritha and I were in Michigan and this lady at church said, hey, why don't you come over for a nice meal at my house? And we said, okay, we have a five-hour window. We're at church in the morning. We have a special night service. So we have five hours 
available for lunch. Surely that's enough time. Yes, we will come over for your spaghetti, okay? And so we drove 45 minutes to her house for this meal. We were so thankful she invited us into her home. She was practicing hospitality. We were grateful. It was amazing. We drive the 45 minutes. We show up, and she is not ready. When we are at the door, she, we can see her, like, hustling and bustling on the inside. We come inside, and she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to get started cooking now. And I'm like, what? We've been at two services at church. I was just driven 45 minutes, and I got to eat. And I am so hungry. And you are just starting the meal right now? That is a sin. That is not okay. There is a devil inside of you. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Anybody with me? That's not okay. And so she doesn't just, like, make your casual spaghetti. She, like, has spaghetti pride. So she's, like, making this sauce where she's, like, that's got to sit for an hour and a half at least. We're like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. She's like, yeah, it's got to simmer. You got to let the flavor saturate every morsel. And so she doesn't want us to be, like, dishonored. And so she doesn't allow us in the kitchen to hang out with us. She says, you just sit in the living room and you, you talk to your wife. You talk to her for two hours while I'm in the kitchen alone preparing a meal for you. And so we're just sitting there. We're like, is this awkward? Yes, this is awkward. We're like, hey, can we get something to drink? She's like, yeah, okay. So we, we get a drink and we're literally in the living room for two hours not hanging out with her. And so she finally gets the spaghetti sauce, but then she says, okay, we can't, I can't start with the main course. Let me make some appetizers for you. And she's like, I want to I make them fresh. So I don't know how you say that, but they're like those caprice, caprice sons or whatever they're called. She's like, so I need that, that fresh mozzarella and a fresh tomato. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And so she finally makes all of that. We are so hungry. And by the time we were able to eat the main course, we had about seven minutes, and then we had to drive 45 minutes back for our night church service. Do you remember that, honey? And I, I was like, you should have been prepared. You, I, I appreciate the gesture. You're very kind, but I will never hang out with you again. God bless your ministry. Goodbye forever. Thank you so much. Something happens when people aren't prepared. Even a kind gesture doesn't reap warm, fuzzy feelings. And in the same way, like, we have a heart to reach people. Last week we talked about how can we shut the door when there's room for more, that God has called us to go into the highways and byways and bring people into the house of God that they might experience life and life abundantly. They can have a community here that's willing to pray for them, talk with them, be friends, love. We believe we're in the ministry of sending the lonely in families, helping people believe that they have a purpose and that they're not accidents, helping people find hope for their future and healing from their yesterday. But sometimes we spend so much time inviting people to church that we forget to prepare for what to do when they arrive. And I, I believe that in the same way, John the Baptist had a ministry to prepare
prepare the way for Jesus, we aren't just called to bring people into the house of God. We are called to prepare for when people actually come here so that they can not just hear about the beauty of Jesus, but they can experience the beauty of Jesus. They can experience people who are saying, hey, we've been waiting for you. We're not surprised that you're here. We've been ready for you for a long time. I'm glad you're here. We've been praying for you to come. Oh, my goodness, are you, are you John? Man, we've heard all about you. I'm so glad you're here. And sometimes we aren't prepared because we don't think that it's our ministry to be prepared. We don't think that's my responsibility. Pastor Pradeepthan, what do we pay for you? pay you for. It's your job to take care of the people who are in the church. Or maybe we, we don't want to be prepared because like, hey, in the past, we worked with the church. We volunteered with the church. And we got so burnt out that we're like, you know what? I, I used to help build the church. I used to help volunteer and serve. I used to help set up chairs or work with the kids or being in the band. But you know what? That's, I, it's not my job anymore. I, I'm done. I don't prepare the way anymore. I, I come to service, and I, I love to worship, and I love to hear a message, and I'd rather be a consumer rather than a contributor. Some of us, though, we don't feel like the responsibility to prepare the way because we don't think we have anything to offer. Like, what am I going to do? Like, you, I don't have a Bible degree. Like, I, I haven't been in church very long. I don't know all the language. I don't know how things are supposed to operate. I'm not qualified. I don't have what it takes. Like, how could I prepare the way for Jesus? Like, I am so unworthy. I don't have anything in me that could help someone experience the beauty of Jesus. And we have these excuses, but I believe that Jesus is wanting to make a huge, massive difference here in Washington. I believe that we are just getting started as Kalos Church and that Jesus is saying, will you prepare the way for me today? And I, I believe we're just getting started. And I want to challenge us as the church to take on the ministry of John the Baptist to say, Lord, use me. I will prepare the way for you to walk in today. Lord, if you want me to stack chairs, I'll stack chairs. If you want me to greet people so that they have a warm experience, I'm your person. If you want me to sing with the team or play an instrument or run sound, I'm your person. If you want me to be in the kids' ministry, I'm your person. I will do whatever it takes so that people can have an encounter with the beauty of Jesus. And I, I believe that there are a couple things that God wants to share with us today. And the first thing I want to share as we talk about this ministry of preparing the way for Jesus is I want to encourage us with this. Number one, God prepared for us. God prepared for us. God made a way for us to have an encounter with church. Maybe your church experience wasn't a great one the first time you went to church. Some of us, you remember walking into this place, seeing those warm smiles, people who actually were praying for you, wanting to be your friend, people who invited you to their small groups and saying, we've been waiting for you. A, a church that preached a message that, that you could tell that preacher was preparing and, pray, pray, and, and praying for that message and it just spoke directly to your heart. God has been working through people for thousands of years to bring us to where we are today. And I'm just so thankful for that. You know, in Matthew 16, we see that Jesus has been building his church for a long time. In Matthew 16, 16 verses through 19, it says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, 
the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I'm encouraged that Jesus has built a church and we get to reap the benefits of it today. And in our ministry of building the church, of serving with Kalos, of making known the beauty of Jesus, I'm encouraged that all along with all the progress we've seen, God has been doing the heavy lifting. God has been building the church. We might think that all of the growth, all of the life change is us. And yes, we have a part to play, but our secret ingredient is Jesus. Jesus does the heavy lifting. Jesus is the one who changes lives. Jesus is the name that we exalt. Jesus is the name we lift up. We say, hey, God, you over me every day. God, I don't care if people remember me, but I care if they remember you because you are building your church. And I'm encouraged with this because it tells me that if Jesus is the one building the church, the church is not in danger. The church was designed to be on the offensive. And I am encouraging news. We are on the winning team. We are on the winning team. Jesus says, hey, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. It's not going to win. Death does not stand a chance in Bellevue. Death does not stand a chance in Seattle. Death does not stand a chance in Washington because Jesus is building his church through us and Jesus is doing the heavy lifting. I'm also encouraged that tells me that the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail. That's what this says. And uh, here's the deal. The church is meant to be on the offense. The hell, the hell gates are defensive. It's a posture of saying we have gates to protect hell. But guess what? The church is forcefully advancing, and we're saying we're going to destroy that gates. All the people who are held captive, the church, guess what? We're going to destroy those gates and let the captives free. And so Jesus is building his church through us. And I'm encouraged today, church. I'm encouraged why? Because we've been seeing great progress in the kingdom of God in recent history. Some of the things I've been seeing is this. Christianity has grown by more than 300 million believers in the past 10 years. About 10 million of these Christians are from North America and Europe. The rest of the 290 million are from countries like Nigeria, Argentina, India, and China. Every month, there's another 15,000 in India that are baptized as new believers in Jesus Christ. Isn't that encouraging? In China, there are now about 80 million evangelical believers, growing at a rate of five times that of the general population. Over 30,000 conversions a day take place in China alone. We're on the winning team. Jesus is building his church. In recent years, the best-selling book in Japan has been the Bible. In a government survey, Japanese citizens were asked to name the greatest religious leader in history. 67% replied, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. In 1900, yeah, we can give God some glory. 
in, in the year 1900, Korea had no Protestant church, and it was deemed impossible to penetrate. Today, six new churches open every day in South Korea, and it is the site of nine of the world's largest churches, some with more than 800,000 members. Come on, somebody. More Muslims in Iran have come to Christ since 1980 than in the previous thousand years combined. God is advancing his church. Jesus is building his church, and he's doing the heavy lifting. And the encouraging news is we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of the winning team, and I love it. And I just want to say now it's our time. It's our time. You know, we started off by saying, John the Baptist is like, hey, what, were you the one I was looking for? And Jesus is like, look at all that's happening. But I want to let you know, all the prophets of the past have been looking forward to this present time. And I think the people of the Bible would say the same about us. Look at how the Holy Spirit is being poured on all nations. Look how God is gathering and building his church. Look at what God is doing through his people. Look at what God is doing through Kalos Church. I remember when we moved here to Bellevue, our first meeting was three people. But look at what God has, all, God has done in the last year and a half. Where we have like hundreds of people on a regular Sunday with two services. That's amazing. And we get to be a part of it. And uh, I, I am just so incredible. And I, I just want to declare today, hey, you might be able to stop an individual, but you can't stop the church. You might be able to stop just me, Pradeepin, but you can't stop all of us. Because Jesus is building his church. And so today, yeah, the world can be dark at times, but we don't have a posture that says, look at what the world has come to. It's dark. Things are falling. It's, it's hopeless. No, we don't say, look at what the world has come to. We say, look at what has come to the world. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is destroying anything that would hold people captive in death and destruction. We are filled with great hope. And it's with this posture, I want to make an announcement that could shock us. It could feel a little bit scary, but I want to declare that we are forcefully advancing, and God is doing the heavy lifting. And Amritha, Pastor Amritha, if you could take the stage. Um, this announcement, I just want to make sure that we have an environment of love and peace and safety. And I just want to declare that we are on the winning team, and God is going to take care of all of us. God has a plan for us, and I believe our best days are ahead of us as Kalos Church. And we are about to step into a new season of reaching thousands of people. And so on Friday, I'll just cut to the chase. On Friday, we got a phone call from the parlor, and they told us that the parlor is going out of business on April 15th, about eight days from now. And so our last service as Kalos Church in the parlor is next week which is very, very scary. It's very, very crazy. And it's kind of appropriate, though, to experience a death of a season here as Kalos Church in the parlor because the next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. And we believe that from death comes life. And what a great chance for us to walk into a new season, walk into a new life and a new legacy. What better time than Easter Sunday, amen? But it's still sad. It's still scary. It's still requiring us to think, what are we going to do? And so as of right now, we don't know where we're going to meet. But we know that the church is not a building. The church is not a comedy club. 
The church is God's people everywhere, united to make known the beauty of Jesus. And so, uh, Pastor Mitha, why don't you share a little bit about more of what's your heart and what this means and yeah. how we can navigate through this. Yes, well, whoa, that was loud. Um, <laughs> sorry, baby girl. She's back there. I brought her little headphones. Anyway, um, I just want to say God has been good to us. He has been good to us. Some of you here in this room with these walls surrounded by comedians, the smell, the feel of this place, some of you have so courageously raised your hand at the end of the service to give your life to Jesus here in this space. Some of you came to church terrified with no friends in your life and made Christian friends for the very first time here in this space. Some of us have gone from seeing a vision to seeing a reality here in a comedy club. And I hope that we never forget how it felt, how it smelt, how it was, how we experienced this place. I hope we never forget it because there are some memories here in this space that have changed our lives. They have changed our lives. God has been good to us, hasn't he? He's been so good to us. And I am confident and we have no reason to believe that this will continue. And that's what I want to share with us today is that no matter what venue we find, we are on the search. We've got pastors. We've got people here in our city that are vouching for Kalos Church even now, sending us emails. Hey, have you guys thought about this venue? Have you thought about this? God's blessed us with finances so that we can jump into a new venue. But I just want you to take heart and know that God has been good to us. And like Pradeepan is saying, we really, we've only just begun as a church, right? And back when we had a few people and we and God helped us do the impossible in a comedy club, now at this moment we got a lot more people and we're about to do something even greater, I believe, truly. And so I just want to encourage us today and uh, we're not pretending that we are happy or like we're up here like just being super positive or something. We have those moments of like, okay, this is like we don't have very much time before we need a new venue. But we have such trust in God. We really do. Because he has been good to us. He has been good to us. So as we say goodbye to the parlor this week and next week, I just want to encourage you to remember, oh, God did this for me in this space. And I cannot wait to see what he's about to do for me, for my family, and my church in the next space. Amen. God has been good to us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing. And so we are, we are scared. We're shocked. We did not expect this. We, we thought, you know, we'll, we'll outgrow the parlor one day, but not in eight days. Like, <laughs> but I, I'm not scared because we're on the winning team. I'm not overall scared. Maybe moments I'm scared. <laughs> and so some practical things. Hey, after service, we have a Get Connected table. If you have any leads on possible <laughs> venues, go to the table. Linda or Rachel will be at the table, some of our others on our team. And that will be a great help just in the search. We can be part of uh, our future together. And also, if you want to jump on the Dream Team, you can join that table. I'll be talking about more of that, but there are a lot of challenges coming in front of us, but we know we're on the winning team. And so number two, we are preparing for others. 
and we have a lot to prepare for. We don't know what our new space is going to look like. We don't know what our time slot exactly is going to look like. We know we're going to try and fight to stay downtown. We're going to try and fight to stay in the morning. And uh, only the venue will change. But we don't know a lot of the details. But we can still prepare for others in a place of prayer, saying, hey, count me in. I'll do whatever it takes to join God in building the church. I believe that I am part of this kingdom. And Ephesians 4 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And so, like, what is the job of a pastor? Is it just to pastor? Or what is it? Well, let's find out. In verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so at Kayla's Church, we don't believe that. We are called to just be consumers, and the pastor is the one who's just supposed to be doing the ministry. But we believe that the pastor's job is to equip all of us to do the ministry of building up the church, which is the body of Christ, the work that Jesus Christ has started. And now we get to enter into it. And so that's why the question is, will you prepare the way for Jesus today by joining the body of Christ in the greatest work we could ever be a part of us, part of. Especially those of us who feel like we lack passion or purpose. Man, now is the time to finally walk in all God has called us to do together. And this encourages me because the church isn't a building. It's the body of Christ. It's us. We are the church. And we've always said, hey, we choose people over programs. And even now, we choose people over the parlor. And we will still reach people. It doesn't matter where we are. We are united. And I'm excited. I love our dream team. Over the year and a half, many people have jumped on board to say, hey, count me in. And we've become best friends. And we've found out this principle, that community is forged through adversity. And for those of us who wish we would have been on the launch team, well, launch team 2.0, people. You can be on the ground floor of our new venue. Man, I wish I would have been right there in the framework. I wish I could have been part of that early day team. Well, guess what? We can get in there. We can be part of the foundation. We can be the blocks God builds his church with. And so we get to be a part of it because the church is a family expecting guests. And I like this quote by Andy Stanley. The church is a family expecting guests. And people who have never heard the gospel, people who have never been to the parlor, are still looking for hope. So as the family of Christ, we're going to say, hey, we're ready for you. We don't know where we're going to meet, but we're ready. <laughs> we don't know what time exactly, but we're ready. We don't know where the kids are going to go, but we're getting ready for you. And we want you to experience the beauty of Jesus. Hey, uh, Fina, would you put up this picture of the dream team? I love this because this is our church. These are people at our unveil night looking really nice who have said, hey, put me in, coach. I want to be on the dream team. I want to build this church. And notice that this isn't another building. This isn't in the comedy club because we're not a building. We're a people. We're the church called to make known the beauty of Jesus. And one of the most practical ways you can help us navigate this transition of venues is by fortifying the strength of our church by joining the dream team. And so I just want to encourage you, after service, go to this booth where Linda is and take the piece of paper on your chair. And it has information of the biggest areas of services we need people for this coming Easter. 
We're planning on launching three services. Depending on the venue, it might be back to two services. We'll see. We have over 600 people reserved for our Easter Sunday, so we'll see what happens. A lot of people reserved for our 115, so it's going to require a lot of communication. But if you really believe in what God is doing, if you want to be part of the winning team, if you want to help take the gospel to this generation, to our people, our community, one of the best ways you can help prepare the way for Jesus today is by saying, hey, I will help advance the church. I will help maybe move some chairs. I'll help drive a truck. I'll help make sure kids have a great experience. I'll help operate the photo booth. I will help in all these different ways. And so if you could just quite practically fill this out, man, if we had an extra 30 to 40 people jump on the Dream Team, that would be a huge answer to prayer. We would love it. So kids, make the kids have a great, weird, fun, just tiring experience. For all of us old people, it's amazing, but they love it. It's amazing. Connections, if you want to help people have a great first impression, whether it's cafe or greeting, man, join the dream team. Operations, if you want to help move the chairs, get tables ready, if you want to help, you know, set things up, drive a truck, learn how to drive a truck, maybe run into a pillar, I don't, whatever it takes, like, uh, no, no pillars. <laughs> I mean, it's so so many things. It's amazing. Come on. I, I'm not hearing any love from people on the team. Maybe some of us want to join the kids team. Yeah. Woo! Maybe some of us want to join the connections team. Maybe some of us want to join the operations team. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to have a photo booth. People are going to take pictures with the Easter bunny. Somewhere, somehow, (laughs) if you want to help, maybe you want to wear an Easter Bunny costume. This is your time. This is your time. Look at that Easter Bunny. Love it, love it. No, this is an example of a photo booth. And so if you want to, maybe you're a photographer. Maybe you like to uh, wrestle people into line. You know, whatever it takes. Like, it's there's a place for you to operate as part of the body of Christ. If you don't feel connected... Maybe it's because you're not acting as part of the body. You're solo. You're doing your own thing. I think now is a great time to join God's winning team. Amen. Because the church is a family expecting guests. And if you're at church all the time and you're just getting served, if you're just a consumer, uh, I just I want to share this. Guests get served, but the family gets to serve. It's, start, it's time to step in to your role as part of the family of God. Amen? Guests get served, but family gets to serve. And we're getting ready, man. When I know people are coming to my house, to my, to my wife's great pain, you better believe I grab a couple bottles of Febreze. Oh, I'm getting ready. Honey, guests are coming. Hand me the spray. Honey, don't. You're going to make our whole house smell like a bathroom. I don't care. Guests are coming. And so, wow, man, time is flying, but we're, we're at a pivotal time at Kalos Church. And, you know, when, when, when church plants change venues, I, I've honestly seen churches lose momentum. But I honestly don't get the feeling that that's happening with us. Especially with Easter, especially with all, we're like having to slow down our Facebook ads because too many people are signing up. It, it's it's kind of crazy. But that tells me, like, man, we can take this opportunity to find a venue that can fit all of the people God is trusting us with. 
But you know what? As people show up to experience the beauty of Jesus, I don't want them to have a sloppy, weird, unprepared experience. I want them to have an experience where the body of Christ says, hey, we've been waiting for you. We're here for you. We've been praying for you. We're glad you're here. And that's going to require not the work of a few. It's going to require all of us to step up as the body of Christ. Now more than ever, Caleb's Church, we need your help. We need you to sign up for the dream team. And my prayer is that you do. We need you to help us find a venue. We need you to hold up this church in prayer. I'm going to be fasting until Wednesday. I'd encourage you, join me. Let's fast. Let's pray. And let's take ground for the kingdom of God. And let's say, Jesus, whatever you want to accomplish, we will prepare the way for you today. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for building your church through us. And, Lord, we want to be a part of it. Lord, we're not going to lose ground, but we're going to advance your kingdom, advance your way. And we know that even if all the powers of hell come against your church, we're still on the winning team. We know that you are building your church. We know that you do the heavy lifting. And, God, we want to be a part. We want to do whatever you're doing. We want to say whatever you're saying. We, we see your kids. We see your people. We see those who are looking for hope. We see those who need healing. We see those who are looking for a new beginning and a second chance. And we say, Lord, would you use us to prepare the way for you today? And Lord, we just say, if not us, man, then who's it going to be? If it's not me, then who? And if it's not us, why fuss? So, Father, have your way in my heart. Have your way in our life. And, Lord, we will do whatever it takes to advance your kingdom. Hey, if you're feeling a stir in your heart to join the dream team, to help us take ground, I just want you to say to the Lord right now, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm your person. I'll jump in. I'll help. I'm not just going to be a consumer, but I'll be a contributor. I don't want to just be a guest in your house, but I want to be part of the family and part of the family business. Lord, use me. I'm sorry I've resisted. Maybe I was burned out in the past. Maybe I have been hurt in the church. Maybe I don't think I have what it takes. But Lord, help me to have a new beginning. Lord, right now I just declare, like, I'd rather be a a greeter in your house than do anything else for a thousand years. One day, serving you. A million years serving you. Lord, I want to serve you. So have your way. My time is yours. My life is yours. My treasure is yours. My talent is yours. Lord, have your way. Lord, today, use me to prepare your way. So, Kayla's Church, like I said, we could really use a lot of help. We're filled with great vision. Fill out this piece of paper, and after service, turn it in at that Get Connected booth. And I know this isn't your motivation, but free beanies and shirts if you sign up today. (laughs) And some flashlights, some hats, some mints. No flashlights, Linda. And so it'll be awesome. Hey, before I I get off the stage, I realize maybe you haven't been following Jesus. There are people here, you don't know the beauty of Jesus for yourself, and maybe today could be your day to walk in all God has for you. And I just want to let you know God loves you. God has a plan for you. He wants you at the table. He loves you so much. 
And maybe you've been living on your own terms in your own way, and you're saying, you know what, I, it's not working today. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, I would love to pray for you. It's the best decision you could ever make. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you and help you begin a great journey of following Jesus for the first time or maybe as a commitment, a renewed commitment. And so why don't we bow our heads one more time, close our eyes. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor Fadika, would you pray for me? I want to surrender to Jesus. On the count of three, raise your hand, and I'd love to pray for you. One, two, three. Let's lift up your hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Just raise it so I can see it. I'd love to pray for you. Amen. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Amen, amen. Well, let's pray this prayer, especially if you raise your hand. We're going to say this all together as God's people. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? The best is yet to come.